This is Betsy Jensen, and you are listening to Unstoppable Body and Mind, Episode 17, Interview with Lisa, Quitting Pain and Quitting Pain Pills. In this podcast, we learn to upgrade our brain and understand the power of our thoughts to heal and to create the results we want in our life. Become the person in control of your healing and make peace with your life. Become unstoppable, body and mind. Okay, so I have my friend Lisa here with me. And Lisa has been with me on this coaching journey for a while. Even before I was certified as a coach, I would practice on her sometimes. And (laughs) so it's really been fun. And especially as I developed my niche with working with people who have chronic pain or disease, um, it's really been cool to have Lisa to bounce ideas off of and to coach. So, hey, Lisa. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. My first guest on this podcast. Woohoo! <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what kinds of things have, has coaching helped you with in your life? What have you learned from coaching or how do you feel like it's helped you? Oh, so many things. First thing I would say is, you know, just learning how your thoughts are optional, you know, and, and your thoughts cause you pain. Um, there's a lot of thoughts that I've carried around my whole life that have caused me some pain, you know, and so it's been really refreshing to be able to analyze those and get rid of some. Some are like, you know, the suitcase that you don't want to get rid of that just is a little bit harder to unpack, but, um, you know, that's been really great to just know that my thoughts are optional. Um, I think a lot of it with chronic pain, when you have chronic pain, is focusing on the pain or not thinking about the pain or something like that is, is really hard to do. Like it's pain and it's there to let you know there's pain, you know? And so I think the more I focused on the pain, the more pain I was creating for myself. And I didn't even realize that, you know, it's like you wake up and you hurt and you just focus on how bad you hurt all day rather than on the gifts all around you or the beauty of things, you know, because it's hard. Your, Your brain is focused on that pain. It wants to keep you stuck there, I feel like. For sure. And neuroscience has shown, you know, the more you focus on something, you know, your neurons, you recruit more and more and those neural pathways get really strong and it takes some energy and some effort to do things differently. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So when you're talking about pain, do you feel like there was emotional pain as well as physical pain? And do you feel like those are related? I do. I definitely do. I think, um, you know, I look back and I'm like, I've always been um, the worrier. Like I've always worried about everybody and everything else. And I've always worried about what other people's opinions are of me. That's always been a huge thing. You know, I also had some trauma in my, my childhood that I refused to let go of. And so that caused me, I would say, probably the most pain. Um, And I think all of those things, you know, when you have all of those things kind of combined, it leads your muscles to be tense. And maybe even, you know, I don't know, some of the childhood trauma I had, maybe it taught my body to be tense and and fight or flight. And then not letting it go just kind of amplified that, I feel like, throughout my life. And so um, letting go a lot of those things, I feel like, has really helped me 
get into a much better place. And then when I do have pain, I don't choose to dwell in it. I don't choose to just sit there and be like, oh, my back hurts so bad I can't move. Or, oh, I have no energy. I can't do anything. I I don't sit there and dwell there anymore because those are all thoughts. You know, it it is like the pain is there, but my thoughts about the pain are, are what is really keeping me stuck. That is fantastic. And I know that feels so elusive for so many people. Were there any things that really helped you with letting go of those thoughts? Um, I would definitely say you helping me coach because Uh a lot of times I'm like pain and you're like, well, but you're, this is a thought about the pain, not really the circumstance, you know? So that definitely helped me realize that a lot of what I was thinking were circumstances really are not circumstances. They're really just thoughts. And and so they're optional. You know, that was huge. The other thing was um, working with you and going through loving what is um, really helped me. It is what it is. I can't change the reality. I can't fight against it because I think fighting it, like the fact that I'm in pain and I'm resentful and I'm mad and I'm angry that I'm in pain is just causing me more pain, emotional and physical, I think. Just being okay to just dwell in it for a little bit and just be like, okay, like this is what it is, but my thoughts are kind of what chooses my my mentality regarding it. There was so many years where my doctors and specialists would tell me like, well, you can't take this medication. You can't take that medication. So you're probably just going to stick on this medication for the rest of your life. And I took and believed that like, this is my, this is my reality. This is where I'm going to stay. And this is what has to happen. Um, And it's been super freeing to know that that doesn't have to be my reality. And I can, I can move past the medication and, you know, just really manage my mind and my thoughts around things and probably it'd be a heck of a lot better off than I was on all the medication and in more pain. So that's what I've been finding so fascinating about your journey. Maybe we could talk a little bit about what kind of pain you had to start, some of the diagnoses you had, and seeing that um, you, you've actually been able to stop a lot of your medication and have actually less pain. And so let's talk a little bit about that. Tell me about your diagnoses. I was diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis about, uh, I want to say like 12 years ago now. Um, and so it really just started after I had my kid, like I had my first child and then all of a sudden it was like, I can't stand up off of the couch while I'm holding her and like my knees and my back, you know, just pain. Like I had pain and kept going into the doctor and, um, and then eventually saw a specialist who, who diagnosed it, you know, off of the MRI and stuff. And then, you know, a few years later, it's like you see new doctors and they're like, oh, I think, you know, a lot of your symptoms are more fibromyalgia than ankylosing spondylitis. And that one was a tough one because I knew people that had fibromyalgia and I knew the same type of tendencies, right? Like the worrier and the like, like all of that. I'm like, I think that plays like a huge part in the fact that you think your back is so tense. (laughs) Oh yeah. So that was a hard one for me because I'm like, I don't really know if I believe that fibromyalgia is a real thing even like, cause they don't know what causes it. They don't know how to really diagnose it other than, you know, I don't know. Anyway. So I struggled. I struggled with that one for sure. Um, but 
you know, a lot of those symptoms of fibromyalgia for me at least are like feeling like I have a ton of bricks on my back and my neck hurting really bad and, you know, my knees and things like that. And so, um, but I think a lot of that is that I was carrying around all of this weight on my shoulders, like all of this baggage that I didn't want to dive into and I didn't want to look into and I didn't want to even talk about. And so I think all of that baggage literally felt like a ton of bricks on my neck. Now, am I saying my neck is completely cured? No, but um, I don't, I don't like have to go lay down and, and just be an excruciating pain every day anymore. Yeah. 12 year journey. Um, I did some serious damage to my stomach trying to, uh, medicate myself with ibuprofen when it kind of started. And when I was younger, just because, uh, you know, I had pain. And so I was taught like, you just take some ibuprofen when you have pain. And so I did some serious damage to my stomach. Um, and so yeah, ibuprofen, wasn't an option. Oh yeah. I was just going to say, sorry to interrupt. I think a lot of, um, really like achieving people and perfectionist people, you know, and it's almost the American way, right. That we're like, just push on, don't listen to these pain signals. That means you're weak or, you know, just take some drugs and, and just keep going and don't be such a wimp. (laughs) Yeah, it is definitely like, I look back and I'm like, I wish somebody would have just told me when I was you know, 20, or I mean, I started using ibuprofen a lot when I was younger than that even, but I wish somebody would have told me like, hey, let's take a step back and unpack your mind for a little bit and then see if we can, you know, because, and I know, I know a lot of people I, in my pain groups and in my support groups for AS, like aren't, aren't always going to buy in to the fact that your mind is causing you pain and, and that's right. okay, you know, but for me personally, I'm like, I've taken a, 12 year journey of pain and medicating the pain and not had relief. Like I've never had relief. I've never taken a medication that's been like, Oh, I don't have that pain anymore, you know? And so for me, this is the route that has worked so well. Like, yeah, it makes sense that our mind and body aren't separate and where there can be, you know, definitely some physical causes of pain. That's not the only thing to treat. There's physical and emotional And, you know, we're learning more and more how emotional pain can feel and manifest like physical pain. Um, One of the things you were saying about the medication not really taking care of it is it's interesting because the cells start to adapt, especially on like the opioid painkillers and taking them long term, the cells start to make more receptor sites. So you actually start kind of increasing the pain, the the cells upregulate. So what do you think about that? Yeah. So I've been on, you know, kind of a drug called tramadol, which they say initially, like when I first started taking it, it was the non-addictive safe alternative to opiates. And so for years I was on that medication and I didn't even realize it was an opiate. It actually wasn't until I moved to Utah and they were like, Oh, you can't even have this like script here. Like it's a controlled drug here. I'm like, what do you mean? It's a controlled drug. Like it's safe. Like this is, this is what my doctors put me on as an alternative to opioids, you know? And then it was like, I started diving in um, to just the research of what was coming out on that drug. But yeah, I was on that drug eight or nine years, like a long time. It was really frustrating because I didn't want to be on an opioid. And then uh, I thought that this was a safe alternative. And then when I went to go get off of the medication, I'm like, 
uh, my body wants this medicine. Like it, it is telling me that I feel like crap and I want this medicine. Um, and so that was hard because I think I struggled a lot there too with like kind of the shame that like I didn't do the research and I didn't know that this was going to be something my body would be dependent on. I thought I was doing the safe, safe alternative kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I was able, I, I do have some really good doctors and, and my pain management doctor is the one that told me, she's like, look, I think we need to get you completely off of everything for a few months and evaluate like, because your pain can be increased on any kind of opiate medication. And so I'm not saying it's been easy. (laughs) Um, You know, it's been a process to kind of slowly come off of the medication and, you know, there are times where I'm like, oh, my body really, really would love some of this medicine right now. But the one thing I found is like, I, I just imagined in my mind for years coming off the medication, but I imagined being in just so much pain that I couldn't even function. Like that's what kind of kept me taking it is because I'm like, if I'm at this pain level now with the medicine, imagine what I'll be off of the medicine. I can't even imagine a life like that. Yeah, And so now it's so funny because I'm like, I'm off of the medicine and my pain level is like very, very low. Like, like I hardly have any pain compared to on the medicine. I was at like, you know, the tall end of the spectrum when it came to my pain, like every day I was just like, Oh, I'm in so much pain. So it's really been fascinating to see that I can get off of the medicine and I can be in less pain. And, and that is, I think a part of it, you know, your body becomes dependent on it. And then your brain is firing and creating these neurons saying, Hey, I'm in pain, Hey, I'm in pain because it, it, you know, your body likes the medicine. And so you keep taking the medicine thinking that you're helping yourself and, and maybe in some cases, but in mine for sure, like I am just amazed. I'm blown away by my pain level being so much lower than it was when I was on the medication. Yeah. I love that you did, you know, kind of this multidisciplinary approach. It wasn't like you were like, okay, everything's all in my head. I just have to think happy thoughts all the time. You know, you, you consulted with your doctor and you were able to like taper down with your doctor's help and, and then probably supplementing it with the kinds of things we've talked about. And, you know, I think that's probably added a lot rather than just trying it, you know, going cold turkey or without any kind of medical advice. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, that is like, if I was on a much higher dose and I hadn't weaned myself off, I can't imagine what that like week or two of kind of the detox of it would have been like. So for me, at least I, I was not at a place where I'm like, I, I did eventually just go cold turkey, but after tapering down for, you know, the schedule that my doctor had given me. So I definitely would not recommend probably that if you're on a really, really high dose uh, that you just quit right away because I don't, I don't know what it would do to your body, but I know on a low dose, it was still a shock for my body to go through to be like, okay, we're not going to have this anymore. Yeah. And you had mentioned a couple other times trying to get off of the medicine and not having the same success after a few days, it just being kind of unbearable, either mentally or physically or both, I guess. Yeah. Um, So what was different for you this time? I think, you know, in working with you, I've learned a great deal about 
um, the fact that I can, like, I tell myself all the time now, I can do hard things. I can do really hard things. And just being really clear with myself that this is what I want and, and that I know it's going to be hard. I knew it wasn't going to be an easy process, but I can do, I can do hard things. So inspirational. Do you feel like it was kind of emotionally taxing as well as physically? Did you kind of, did you feel like one was stronger than the other or it was just kind of a combination of everything? It was very different this time than times past where I've been like, oh, I think I want to try to get off. Um, And I think the difference was, is that I did the work in my mind to know that I was all in, that this Mm -hmm. is what I wanted. You know, I, I would say emotionally, there were a few times where I'm like, oh, I can't sleep. And, um, you know, my body feels gross. Physically, you know, the, the detox withdrawal process is not a fun process. Like, I wish, I wish that when you got on a medication, it came with a black box label of this is going to be hell because it, it really is a little bit like hell um, coming off of it. You know, you're, I felt like things were crawling out of my skin and like my legs wouldn't stay still and not sleeping at all. And so I, you know, it, it was rough for a few days, but the good thing is, is that it only lasts for a few days. So I think that thought of this is going to be hell is one, is one of those things that has kept me back for so long. Like, I don't want to go through this, but I could tell you it's going to be a few days of hell and then you're going to be able to get through it, you know, and then, and then you can reevaluate. Like, I think it's one of those things where people are like, Oh, I've been in pain for 10 years and I need to stay on this medication. It's the only thing that's going to work, but you don't know if it's even working anymore because you've been taking it for so long. At least that's how it was in my case. I had been taking the medication for so long. I'm like, I don't even know if this is working. Getting off of it and seeing that I'm in less pain tells me it wasn't working. Like it wasn't doing what it's intended to do, you know? Yeah. It's so fascinating. Like I do believe that my thoughts in my mind can cause a lot of that pain. And so, but I also believe my brain is powerful. And so I believe my brain might be causing me more pain just to keep me on the medicine. Yeah. um, So fascinating. Yeah. Sometimes I'll say like replace fear with curiosity. And I think you've done a really good job with that because you've had a lot of fears in the past and experience in the past to tell you like, you know, this is impossible. I can't go more than three days or experience that felt very, very true. And, but having more of just kind of a, a neutral kind of curious attitude, I think has been something I've really seen in you. Yeah. Do you have any other like insights or advice or anything else that you would um, want to tell people about your experience. I think it's so inspiring and just fascinating to learn that staying on painkillers isn't necessarily helping your pain. And in fact, a lot of times research shows that it's making it worse. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say, I mean, you have to be ready to, to dive in there and be curious to see if, you know, how it, how it goes and, and know that you're going to have a couple of really bad days where you're not going to feel good. And, and maybe you're not there. Maybe you're not quite that to that point yet. Or maybe you are listening to this and are like, Oh, she's off of her rocker. There's no way I could ever get off of my medication. And just know that I was, I was that person two years ago. There was no way this was my life. I was going to be taking this medication for the rest of my life because that's what my doctor had said initially, you know, that 
this isn't working and this isn't working. So this is basically your path. And, and, um, and I believed that and I internalized that to be, this is the hard, hard, cold truth. So I would just say, be compassionate with yourself and maybe just be willing to open yourself up to the possibility that it can happen because it can, you know? Amazing. Yeah. Do you feel like the, um, addressing things from your past has been quite a helpful thing to do. I know a lot of people who have had trauma and abuse in their past are very, very resistant to even wanting to open up that can of worms or they feel like maybe the emotional, um, the emotional feelings that they are going to have will just be overwhelming and they won't be able to cope. Yeah, I think it's a process. And I think, um, you know, I am very grateful that I've had Betsy as my coach to kind of work through that um, and not push me directly to that. You know, it's not like, hey, let's just go and dwell in the past and dwell in that pain. Um, Instead, it was more of a layered approach of like, let's talk about this and let's talk about that. And then when I was ready to kind of delve into the deep emotional pain, you know, you helped me unbox it in a, in a way that wasn't so emotionally overwhelming. And honestly, I'm like, I've gone to therapy, I don't know, so many times. And, and a lot of what the therapist does is when I rehash the incidents, right? Like rehash how it all went down. I don't want to rehash that really. Um, I don't know anybody who's survived some serious sexual trauma that's like, hey, I want to go live here and rehash this. But um, you were very compassionate and, and just allowing me to go there when I was ready to go there and not forcing me to go right to that. You know, you definitely helped kind of teach me the tools to how I can unpack my mind to where it's not so emotionally overwhelming. And it was still hard to go there, but I definitely feel like it just took all of that weight that was on my shoulders and just basically took those bricks off and set them to the side and let me be free, you know, from, from living in that past of, I can't forgive and I can't move on and I'm stuck here, you know? So it, it definitely helped a ton. Yeah. That is so inspirational. Do you feel like it's ever, you know, if it's a process or if it's just kind of a journey or do you ever feel like you kind of get there? Um, I think it's a journey. I don't think, you know, I think it, it, you have to constantly work on, on your thoughts. I feel like, you know, if it were easy to just be like, cha-ching, I impact it and I'm, I'm done forever. I feel like the weight has been lifted because I'm not living my life in shame or in guilt or, you know, all those things anymore. I'm, I'm not living or coming from that place anymore because I was able to unpack that. Um, but I don't think that that just kind of instantly solves everything. It's, it's definitely a huge lifelong journey to, to be able to manage your thoughts and, and know that thoughts are optional. And, and I have to kind of look at that every day. Like, what am I thinking? And, and is this a thought I want to keep? And, um, but the, the huge emotional baggage, you know, my, my blankie, I guess you would say, yes. um, I, I was able to get rid of it, you know? So I, I, I think it's, I don't think that that incident is going to keep me in pain or keep me sticking anywhere anymore. I think I've, I've gotten rid of the, the blankie, but, uh, you know, it is a yeah. journey forever. 
Yeah. And I think sometimes when people hear about like thought work and, you know, resolving things in their past, they're like, well, I don't want to think happy thoughts about what happened to me. Like, I don't want to think it's just fine. Or, you know, it's kind of like they go to the extreme. Like if I, I have to either be really negative about it and really in pain constantly about it, or that means that I'm accepting it and I think it's fine. And you know, I, I'm glad it happened to me or like almost the other extreme, like how could I be happy about this? And do you find that you had to like get to that super happy state or is it somewhere in between? Yeah, I would definitely not say that I am, I'm happy for anything that happened. Um, but at the same time, I, my biggest thing was like, I can't ever forgive my perpetrator. I can't ever move on. And anybody in my family who kind of was willing to kind of move on was then it was his side or my side. Like you either believed me or you didn't believe me. And then the people who didn't believe me, there were a lot of resentment. There was a lot of guilt. There was a lot of, and then there was just a lot of shame just in general, I think from the type of abuse that I had. And so, um, you know, I think just unpacking all of that, um, it doesn't necessarily, I'm never going to be happy about it. I, well, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of interesting because maybe, maybe I was meant to go through it. You know, I, I think that loving what is, is like it happened and it was hard and I was a kid and I didn't deserve it, but um, it's given me this instinctual desire to protect other kids and to to know the signs. Like I think, oh, yeah. you know, I, I'm pretty good at, at knowing the signs. And so I think in that aspect, um, I don't think I'll ever be happy that it happened to me, yeah. but I think, um, it definitely has just led me to be more compassionate and, um, you know, ready to help. Like, um, and so in some, some aspects, um, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean you've learned some things from it and it's not to say that you would ever wish that on anyone or it was a good thing or um but yeah, kind of having that that it's almost like you just have more peace about it. It's not something that is just constantly stressing you out and making you live in fear and controlling your life and and even though it wasn't necessarily something you would probably think about a lot, it was like <clears throat> almost like the repressing of it was was so heavy for you, I think. Um, and yeah. almost not dealing with it was, was, it's like pushing that beach ball down underwater. It just was creating so much resistance, but you were just, you know, you had to be ready to go there, but the avoiding of it was just so taxing and so, you know, mentally draining, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, society teaches us to be ready to forgive. Like you have to forgive people to kind of move on. And I think for a lot of people, maybe who have been through sexual abuse, like forgiving is the hardest part. Like in, well, at least it was for me, I'm not saying for everybody, but for me, forgiving is the hardest part. And the part I, I was like, no, you don't deserve it. You're not willing, you know, you're not worth it. And being compassionate, you know, because it's like, you have to be compassionate with yourself and to be compassionate with, with other people. And so, um, you know, it's not always easy because you look at your perpetrator and you're like, Oh, you're such a piece of crap. You do not deserve compassion. Um, but 
you know, if you're compassionate with yourself and you, and you do some work there, um, I think it, it makes it easier to be compassionate with others. And, and I think that that is what was holding me back was that I'm never going to forgive you. And, and so I'm just like holding it on, like letting it create this resentment and pain and anger in me because I can't, I can't forgive you for what you did. And forgiving him has nothing to do with me being weak or, or anything. It just has a lot to do with, with taking that weight off of my shoulders and, and being free from, from him having any control in my life, you know, now that I'm an adult and have kids right. my own. Yeah. Decades later, you were still feeling a lot of pain and, um, it sounds like the forgiving of him actually was almost more for you than it was for him, you know, as far as emotional pain and that constant suffering and the, the questioning and the shame and the judgment. Yeah. Because really he wasn't even knowing that you still felt that pain. Like he wasn't feeling any of the effects of your negative thoughts, but it was definitely affecting you. Yeah. So much. Um, One thing that is also interesting that I think you've learned, and you can tell me more about this, is um, we have a lot of resistance as humans just to to feeling all of the emotions. And I think that's a lot of times why people don't want to go into those very emotional things that they've kind of tried to block off and almost dissociate themselves with. But um, one of the great things I've seen you do is just kind of be willing to feel every emotion and realize that you know, it's not all just about being happy all the time. Like that's not even reality. Like if we were always happy, we wouldn't even know what happy was. It would just be normal. But can you speak about anything uh, that you've learned about, you know, just feeling the range of emotions and being willing to feel those negative emotions sometimes and if that's been helpful for you? Yeah, definitely. So um, I have always been a perfectionist. Like I have always wanted people's approval, things like that. And so I would act in a way that I thought kind of proved that I was a good person. And if I ever didn't show up the way I wanted to show up, or if I ever didn't, you know, have a training go exactly as it should at work, um, I would just mentally beat the crap out of myself. I, it's so hard on myself, basically telling myself I'm the worst, I'm terrible, I can't do this. And so um, that has been a huge thing for me to be like, I am actually strong. I'm actually capable. And um, just being compassionate with myself has really helped, I think, a lot, knowing that I'm not going to be happy all the time and knowing that I'm not going to show up the way that I want to show up 100% of the time. And all I can do is, is strive to do better the next day or the next day. And then really letting go. I think the biggest thing for me was just letting go of what other people thought of me. Like, I can't control what you think of me or you think of me. And so I'm just going to be my authentic self and you're going to either love me or not. And either way, I don't care. Like, yeah. it doesn't affect me if you don't like me, you know? And I still struggle. I'm not saying that I'm perfect at that either. Um, but it was definitely a huge weight to be lifted there too, to just be like, it doesn't matter if you like me or not. Um, and, and I'm not going to make it mean all kinds of things about me if, if I think you don't like me because I don't even know if you like me or not. And I can't know that because I can't read your thoughts, you know? 
Right. And when we have that mentality, sometimes people could even say like, I really like you. And you'd be like, well, I don't believe them because, you know, you already have this idea in your head. Or, you know, the other thing I always think about is if you are trying to people please and be someone that you're not, say they do like you, they're not even liking the real you. They're liking this right. version of you. And so there's really no benefit because first of all, you never will please everyone. And second of all, it's just unsustainable. And if people like that version of you, they're not really liking the real you anyway. Right. Yep. So what are your goals for the future? Um, just to keep working through my mind. Um, and, uh, you know, I definitely, it's so interesting because now here I am off of my pain medication and we're like building a garden. I'm going to plant and I'm going to weed eat and I'm going to weed and I'm going to put in a lot of that work in the ground that for years I've told myself, I can't do this. Like I'm in too much pain to do this. And so that's spring. I'm going to have a huge vegetable garden this year. That's, that's some goals. Awesome. <laughs> sure. Grow enough so um, I can come have some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, um, cool. and then just to really just, I, I think it's just a matter of being compassionate, you know, just yes. that being compassionate with myself when I do have a hard day or, um, when I don't react and, and things like that. So really it's just, yeah, I have a lot of goals, but I think the being compassionate with myself is probably the most important one. I think so too, because definitely, you know, it's not, it's not a straight shot. Like we were saying, it's a journey. And I think humans will have pain in their lives. Like, I don't know that the goal would ever be for anyone. I wouldn't suggest that their goal is to be completely pain-free every single day of their life. Like pain is part of the human condition and it can teach us things and it can kind of teach us to clue into our bodies and maybe tell us when we're overdoing things or getting out of balance. And so, yeah, I, I think just having compassion when you have a rough day or just having that curiosity about what's going on and not, you know, overreacting and having a lot of resistance, but just realizing like, yeah, the whole range of emotions are, are what we're meant to feel and, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of it too is like, well, well, for me, when people would be like, well, you know, maybe your pain da, 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 and try to give me tips, I would be like, you're not living in my body. You're not experiencing what I'm experiencing. Like if you were, you'd be on your knees. You wouldn't be able to handle it, you know? Yeah. Defensive. And, uh, huh? Yeah. Defensive and resistance, you know, a lot of resistance. Um, because I had to buy the narrative that I was given, you know, like I yeah. bought that and I believed that and I didn't think there could be an alternative. And so it's really just been a freeing experience to be like, there is, there is hope, there is a different way. And if you decide to take that journey, you might come out in way less pain than you are in now, you know, at least yeah. that's my story. That's what's fascinating. And I always tell people like with their, their thoughts, you know, if we're exploring some different thoughts that are out of their comfort zone, like you can always have your old thoughts back. We're just going to like explore, you know, but you can stick to these thoughts if, if they're the ones you choose to have ultimately. And it's kind of like that maybe with pain too, where it's like, you know, getting off the medicine for you was such an experience that was eye opening and like kind of 
almost better than you even knew to expect, but you, you could always get back on it if, you know, if it was worse. Right. Yeah. And I had done that, you know, that that's the interesting part is that I had done that a couple of times, like stopped for a few days and then I was like, I can't take this anymore. I'm going to go back on. But I, it was never, and I, I guess this is part of it, right. For me is that I'm like, it was never that I couldn't stand the pain I was in. It was that I couldn't stand the way my body was feeling without the medication. And I couldn't get past that barrier of like, this is going to get better. We just got to get through it. Um, because at that point I hadn't done the work, uh, even though I might seem I might have seemed big and bolsterous and like confident. I hadn't done the work to really buy it, to buy that I can do hard things. So yeah. I, had, I could say it really easily, but I didn't really believe it. Um, and so I think that is what the difference is, is I did the work to know that I could look at anything. I could go through anything. I can, and I can do the hard things. And, and that really is what, kept me through is that I'm like, I know I'm capable and I know I can do this. And I don't think I really bought that or believed that about myself before. So. Yeah. It's so fascinating because in coaching, we do talk about how when people just try to change their circumstances, so maybe they have, you know, a job that they can't stand and then they quit and go to a new job. It's almost like they recreate these same problems from their past. You know, they keep having relationships that have the same ending and it's because they haven't changed their brain you know they're changing the circumstance but they haven't done the the mental component of it to to give them that different result yeah yeah it just speaks to me about how important the brain and the body are working together addressing things from the mental and the physical and the spiritual you know a multi-dimensional approach is going to be so much more um, rich and valuable and productive i think in the long run than just trying an only physical approach or even an only mental approach yeah so um I think it, the, the divided mind and the divided mind, you know, he talks about like a lot of the perfectionism and, and all of these things can cause your body to create pain so that you're not looking in your subconscious and in your mind. And, and, um, it struck a nerve with me because I'm like, basically I am to the T everything that he explains in that book. So I would be like walking down the stairs and my knees would hurt really bad. And I'd be like, it's all in your head. They don't really hurt. Like you're okay. And I'd get to the bottom of the stairs and then I'm like, my knees still hurt. It's because I'm too weak and I just can't do this. And like, I do think it takes some time to really kind of realize, okay, all of this might not work for me. Like I might be able to take pieces of this and pieces of this and make it work for me. And that's okay. Like I don't, I don't have to believe every single thing that I ever read or research or look into. But if I, if I come from an open mind and look at what are the benefits, what can this, what can this bring? How can I integrate this into my approach to get better and heal? Um, I think you can take pieces from all of that and find some, some things that work and definitely, um, you know, working with you on my thought work, I think as is the, was a huge missing piece in the, I can't, can't get off of this medication. I can't do that because it's just, it's been crazy how much you've taught me about my, myself, you know, and how our brains work and, um, and just, 
finding that confidence in myself that, that I can do this and finding a way to do it. And you've been an excellent student. <laughs> well, thanks. Been so fun. So it, amazing. It but I think your insight has probably been so valuable to so many people out there and to give a lot of people some hope and some, you know, some things to kind of shift their current thoughts a little bit. So okay. thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned a little bit about your brain today that helps you in your life like it helped me. Please be sure and subscribe and leave a review. And of course, be sure and share this podcast with someone you know that wants an unstoppable body and mind.